just as we're uh, sort of thinking about this, Dre talked to us really about the light of the presence of Jesus in our lives. How Jesus comes in and changes everything. It is literally like turning the light on. And I have seen Jesus come into people's lives. It's Dedication Sunday, but 1 John chapter 2 has got a series of lessons that can help us as parents to show our children the way to become Christians and to follow us in our walk with Jesus. I write to you, dear children, so that you will not sin. And I think that is one of the great things about John's epistle. He's, he's writing so that we won't sin. Because, in fact, let's read this out. I'm going to read it. I'm writing to you so that you will not But if anyone does sin, that's me, we have someone who pleads with the Father on our behalf, Jesus Christ the Righteous One. And Christ himself is the means by which our sins are forgiven. And not only our sins, but the sins of everyone. And this wonderful thing is that God is for us. Now that to me is a link verse between last week, the light of Jesus, and this week, how it is that we can grow and not sin, and how our children can grow in Jesus. And one of the things that we, we want them to grow up like, we want them to grow up to be the best possible people they could be. And it is possible that they should do that. And in order to do that, I'm going to actually go to our next one here, and it's we are to model a life that they can copy. Now, a fortnight ago, today, somebody got up here in the double-ups and told us the story that they never knew a time when they weren't a Christian. Shirley, would you like to come up? What you said inspired me. So um, for those of you who weren't here when I shared, um, I'm from a family of Christians. I've, um, my grandparents were missionaries. I've got um, my dad's brother and brother-in-law are both ministers and my parents are elders in their church. And so I've got a heritage of faith, but I also have a heritage of people praying for me. And I think I was really moved this morning by words of life being spoken over small people and um, a declaration of, no, actually, the world's going to tell you to do this, but this is who you are. And so that is the story of my life. I was dedicated as a baby, um, and there's been times where I've kind of wandered a little bit away, but always coming back to knowing that God is real and that Jesus is a friend. Um, but there's always been... Um, ways that he's shown me that. And, but I think that the prayers of my grandparents and my parents have been for me to be surrounded with people who point me back to him, and that has been the truth of my life. So your parents, your whole family, lived a Christian life, didn't they? So that you could actually copy them. Uh, yes, so um, one, of the, uh, one of the foundational... Um, memories of talking with my parents about faith was uh, when I was about 11 my mum was diagnosed with cancer and um, she just stayed so true to her faith the whole time and I thought well no this shouldn't be happening what what are you doing 
Um, why would you keep choosing someone who let this happen to you? And um, she said, well, actually, I'm choosing someone who's with me while this is happening to me, not who did this to me. Um, and she had a couple of years of treatment and every time she had to go to hospital or had something happening, um, she was given a gift of a rainbow. So she knows that a rainbow is God's promise. And so each time she went for a treatment, there was either an actual rainbow or there was a rainbow lorikeet, Australia, um, or there was some other form of rainbow or someone would have a sticker with a rainbow on it when they came into the ward. And so she knew that actually the God who promises that he's with me is with me because he's showing me every time that I go through the valley of the shadow of death that actually he's with me. And so when I had conversations with mum about that, she, she shared like, yes, this is hard, but it's easier because God is good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Modeling is really important. Our children copy us. They copy what we do, literally. Now, I was in Motueka, and I was playing the guitar at the Sunday school breakup. And here was I, playing away, and I wish I had the other mic, because I was singing this song, If I Were a Butterfly. Those who are old will know it, you know. If I were a butterfly, you know. And uh, I was playing the guitar at the same time, and all of a sudden, the whole place erupted with laughter. And I turned around, and there on the stage was my two-year-old playing a guitar. By the way, he plays guitar much better than I do. Because our children copy. It's just like Daddy do, just like Mummy do. And so what you do is going to transform the life of your children. If you are a person of courage, they will be people of courage. If you are a person of love, they will be people of love. You actually, it soaks off on them. So when this word says, if we obey God's commands, then we are sure that we know him. If we say that we know him but do not obey his commands, we are liars and there's no truth in us. I want to tell you something. When you do that, your kids find you out. They know. They won't say anything, but it'll change their attitudes. And so the first great lesson for us as parents, obey the Lord's commands. Obey the commands to do what God is calling us to do. That's the great lesson. And believe me, the kids will pick it up. They will know it. Love is the key. Tell them and show them. If we love others, we are the light. And if we, we don't cause problems for them, that's part of John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 2. My dear friends, this command I am writing is not new. What was that commandment that Jesus gave them? A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. You love your children. I want to tell you a story a little bit against my family. 
my son Peter, died very suddenly. Now, up until then, we had not finished our conversations on the phone when we talked to Hong Kong or wherever with I love you. But now every conversation's finished with I love you. Every conversation. Because you see, when your children know that they are loved, they know that God is for them. And that gives them a foundation on which to live that is unbreakable. So that when the hard things of life come, and they will come, they will be strong enough because they are loved to be able to go through those things and to achieve stuff which others cannot achieve. One of the things, the older I get, the more I know how wonderful it is, how, how privileged we are to have Jesus Christ in our lives. And I'll tell you why, because I look around at the people who don't, and I see the messes that their lives are in, and I think, God, you protected me from that. You protected me. If we love others, we are in the light, and we don't cause problems for them. That is critically important. And the next thing here is teaching them forgiveness, overcoming holiness, and knowing God. Now, the next part here, which I've got there, I'll write to you, my children, because your sins are forgiven for the sake of Jesus Christ. This is what we call a biblical memory verse. Now, it's not the memory verse that you learnt. It's was a verbal thing. Now, Luke's gospel is full of it. And they're little poems, and they're written in the Aramaic style. And they tell us stuff that we need to know. So this was probably not actually written by John, but it was something that he said that they all knew. And they put it in here to show people the things that God does to change our lives. And so the first one, he says, I write to you, my children, because your sins are forgiven for the sake of Christ. I was reading somebody's story about a hard time that they went through. And one of the things that stuck out to me was they never felt worthy. And so often our children feel that they are not good enough. It's true, I'm afraid. And if we let them know that they are loved and forgiven every day, they will not grow up inadequate. They will grow up to be confident and strong. I'll tell you how strong they'll be. Brother Lawrence, and I love this quote, when he did something good, he had said, Say, Lord, you know, without you I could never have done this good thing. And when he confessed his sins, he didn't apologize to God. He said, Lord, you know, without you I'd always be like this. And there's a huge truth because he knew that in the love and the understanding of forgiveness that he was in a safe place to grow. And then John writes here, I write to you, fathers, because you know him who has existed from the beginning. And as we are older, we need to understand that no matter what happens, that we know the Lord. 
I think now at 77, I am at a better place of knowing Jesus personally than I ever was when I was a young man. I have somehow, by the grace of God, matured, and I feel the presence of God so often, and when things go wrong, I'm back with the Lord, and I've dealt with it, and, and, and I go on. I know the presence of God, and, and that's one of the things that I really want to stress to you. Now, I know the presence of God because I was actually taught. When I was a small child, my mother taught me to pray. Every night we would say our prayers. Every night. My mother walked with God. My mother prayed for me and my sister prayed for me. Otherwise I would not have become a Christian. Dre, you found out who it was that prayed for you. That's the miracle. We pass on through prayer the work of God was a lady when I was a very young assistant pastor. I can't tell you a real Christian name because she went by the name of Mrs. Huey Ryan. She was on the West Coast. And every child that was baptized and every, child, every person that was confirmed and every pastor in that church, she had a list. She prayed for us. And she prayed for me and so I would tell her what I was doing. And she would pray, and I am sure that some of the great miracles that I experienced in that early time were because I had someone praying. I want to tell you people, you want to do something for those family members, you covenant before God and pray. And you also teach them. You teach them. I write to you, young people, because you have defeated the evil one. And when we are strong and when we grow up knowing the Lord, we have the ability stop those pitfalls, or some of them, that cause us grief. And when we do fall down, we have the strength in Christ to come up and overcome them and move on. Now here's the interesting thing that happens. Then he writes, I write to you children because you know the Father. Because you see, what's happened in this little little poem is this, is that the fathers and the mothers who know Jesus, spread it by osmosis on their children. And so the children not only know that they're forgiven, they know Jesus. And that's why I wanted Shelley to talk to you. Because she had a whole family who loved Jesus, who were doing this mighty thing of praying and loving and sharing. And so she grew up knowing Jesus. That's what you want for these kids that you've dedicated. That they'll grow up loving Jesus. Then he says, I write to you fathers because you know him who existed from the beginning. And this is the thing, that that actually is the, the top. To know Jesus is the most important thing that we will ever experience. More important than anything else that you do in your life, to know Jesus. And I write to you young people because you are strong. The word of God lives in you, and you have defeated the evil one. And this actually is a word for these young parents, that the strength of God in you will give you a strong family, and it will give you children who know Jesus.
And so I thought that that was really worth sharing that bit because it tells us an awful lot. The next thing in this letter is do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. It's so easy today to be covered by um, the world's view. In the last 48 hours, I have talked to two people who said, oh, well, I voted for the termination of life bill. And I said, what? Oh, well, it's purely selfish, one of them said. If I get sick, I'd like to be able to die. Ah, dear me. I found that hard. A good person who simply let the world's view become their view. Without thinking about it, without knowing that all life is sacred. Somewhere the world had squeezed them in. And here's a word, because everything that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father and is from the world. And they are the three things that actually make for us our temptations. Here they are. There are two temptations and three things. The lust of the flesh. Now, we don't like to talk about the lust of the flesh, However, if you go back to Genesis 3, you'll find that when Eve was talking to the serpent, that she looked at the fruit and she said, Oh, it's good for food. I'll have some. She said, that's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes is pleasing to the eye. I want some. Pride of life. It'll make me wise. Oh, how good. I'll have some. And that is the temptation that is a symbol of all temptation, of everything that attacks us. Now, there was another temptation, and it happened 2,000 years ago. And Jesus had not eaten for 40 days. And the devil said to him, turn the stones into bread. You're hungry, aren't you? And then he showed him, the world and said, I'll give all of this to you if you worship me. Look, look, you could have all of this. And then he said, throw yourself down from the temple and all the Jews will believe in you. The pride of life. And and I want to tell you something, that every temptation that you have experienced is one of those three. And the way to overcome temptation is to do what Jesus did. And Jesus said when he said, turn the stones into bread, he said, you won't live by bread alone. You will not live in life by doing just what you want to do. We have to delay sometimes what we want because it's not good to do. We need to teach our children these things. And when he said, you can have all of this, Jesus says, it doesn't matter what I have if I don't have my Father. If I don't have God to worship, I've got nothing. There's many a person who has struggled in life to become rich or powerful or even prime minister. Whereas in actual fact, the first thing is to put the Lord as Lord. That is how we overcome 
that temptation. And the last one is, if you're feeling proud, don't test God. doesn't work. You see, John's letter is actually here about the change of our lives, how God actually does transform our lives. Hold on to the truth of Jesus, what protects us from the Antichrist. Now, I'm not going to go into depth about the Antichrist today. <laughs> and uh, Pastor Dre is smiling and grinning at me um, for the simple reason that it's a big subject. But what I haven't put in this here is this, is there's a time to stand against evil. So Paul says, I'm writing to warn you about those people who are misleading you. But Christ has blessed you with the Holy Spirit. Now the Spirit stays in you and you don't need teachers. That's a good thought. The Spirit is truthful and teaches you everything. So stay one in your heart with Christ, just as the Spirit has taught you to do. Children, stay one in your hearts with Christ. Then when he returns, we will have confidence and won't have to hide in shame. You know that Christ always does right and that everyone who does right is a child of God. Anything that takes your focus of Christ is antichrist. Not just the ones who deny him, but those that tell us that Christ is not important. God protects us. I was reminded this morning of the times often that I have been in a place where God has used me and the devil has attacked me. I don't know if any of you have had that experience, but it's not pleasant. And I have had to come and go to war against Satan in my prayer. And I believe that there are people here today who actually have the need to know that they must resist Satan when they are feeling angry or depressed or any other or envious or lustful. And there are things that will take you away from the Lord. And we need to be able to say, in the name of Jesus, I claim his protection against evil. And the key to it is to put Jesus at the center. If Jesus isn't at the center, it's very easy for Satan to get in and attack you. It's very easy for you to lose your faith. The Holy Spirit is in you, And one of the things that we've got to do, and I have to do often, is to clear out the stuff which is not of God in my life and ask the Holy Spirit to fill me. And the last thing is to do the right thing. Don't let it just be a thing in your mind and in your spirit, but make it an action. And so 1 John chapter 2 is actually telling us how we should overcome evil and not sin and live our lives. So thank you. Bless you, brother. What a fitting message for today. Hey, um, normally what we would do is we'd do a worship song, but we've uh, run a little out of time today, so we're just going to finish. So will you just stand with me as I pray? And uh, I just want to commission you guys. Um, We've talked a lot about praying, and so I just want to commission you. So um, I'm just going to hold my hand at you. Just uh, close your eyes. Raise your hands if, you, if you're comfortable to do that. 
Um, I always joke and say, if you're not comfortable, everyone else has got their eyes closed, so raise them anyway. So, Lord, we thank you for uh, today. Lord, we thank you for the message uh, from Warren, from the worship team. Uh, Lord, we, we lift up these kids. We lift up our kids. We lift up our parents. We lift up our aunties, our uncles. And Lord, we pray that you would inspire us and encourage us to be seeing the good, praying the good over uh, our whanau, over our family, over our workplace, but praying for people, the power of bent knee. And I just dedicate that on everyone here. I commission that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.